0: Well, good morning again. We are doing a series called Immeasurably More. I have real difficulty spelling the word immeasurably. (laughs) There's too many vowels. (laughs) uh, Don't quite get it right. But anyway, hopefully we've got it right for this morning. This is our key verse, everybody. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. It's quite a verse, isn't it? We probably live in the now and the not yet of this verse, don't we? But today we're going to go, well, before we get into today, do you remember last week? Sarah, this was uh, for those who weren't here last week. uh, uh, Sarah um, got up a ladder and was uh, proclaiming to us, preaching from a ladder. And boy, did she preach, didn't she? Um, She was sharing what she'd done with Hope Kids uh, a few weeks before, but was just saying how when she shared this with the kids, she was just saying look. This is who God is. He is with you. And she was delighted to see what God was doing. And so I said, come and share it with us. And there she was up the ladder saying, wherever we are, God is there for us. He did a great job uh, in doing that. But today, we're going to go into the roots. See what I did there? Yes. John 15. If you have a Bible, please find John 15. Uh, Last week, I embarrassed Shah by getting her to come do some hula hooping. She didn't do that. I ended up doing some hula hooping. But I've asked her to come and read this bit from the Bible for us. So, Shah, would you mind coming and reading this for us? No hula hoops at all that I can see up at the front here. Are you checked? <laughs> wise woman, wise woman. Anyway, here you go, Grab that. Shah's uh, going to read this for us. So, John
1: 15 from verse 1 says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. Thank you.
0: Amen. Yeah, Lord, speak to us from this passage. Reveal to us what's going on here. Shape our lives uh, because of it. Amen. Yeah, thank you, Shah. That was great. Now, if we're going to look at the Bible, we have to ask ourselves some questions. One of the questions is, what did it mean then? What does it mean now? Some of you might have read this bit before. So let's ask ourselves some questions, shall we? Where does this bit in the Bible take place? So where does this take place? Well, Sarah, she's always good, isn't she? <laughs> well, you can answer the first one, but we're going to let others have a go. Go on.
1: It's the last supper of Jesus celebrating the last supper of his- before he goes into the
0: Garden of Eden. Oh, she's good, isn't she? I can't, no, no chocolate or anything. So, um, the upper room in Jerusalem. Yes. Do we agree with that? Yes. Okay, next question, Sarah. You're not allowed to put your hand up. <laughs> when? When roughly was this? When did it take place? <laughs> you, she's sitting on her hands, bless her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not sure, right? Yeah, when, when? So, it was the last supper. Sarah said that, okay? So, who was there? Who was in the room? <laughs> Jesus and, and the disciples, yep, yep. And uh, why were they there? I'll answer that one. It's his final words, wasn't it? Uh, if you know the book of John, he takes about four or five chapters to really drill down. It's a really detailed conversation of what's going on. Everything's like slows down, and they're really he's really listening in. So that's the context in which Jesus is talking to them. And Jesus says this: He says, "I am." The true vine. Now, again, if we're looking at this, we should be asking ourselves some questions. Why is he saying that? Why is he saying he's the true vine? If you know any of your Old Testament, you will know. And in our small group, we looked at this. Do you remember? We did the I ams in our group. Yeah. Tarina, remember? Um, there's a few verses uh, in the Old Testament that talked about Israel being the vine. Here's just an example. You transplanted a vine from Egypt. You drove out the nations and you planted. That's from Psalm 80. If you think of some of the Old Testament prophets, they would talk about the nation of Israel being the vine, connected to God. But here's the thing. Israel didn't live up to what God wanted for them to do. They basically failed. And the prophets in the old testament kept calling them out saying you should have been god's vine but you weren't you didn't quite measure up to it so when the disciples are hearing jesus saying this they will have that backdrop they will know what's going on so they can join the dots he's saying israel it didn't quite happen but the true israel i am here not me Jesus is saying, I am the true vine. The institution failed, but it doesn't fail with me. There's an important message there, isn't there? We can put our hope and our trust into lots of different things, but sometimes they fail us. But not with Jesus, because he is the true vine. Then he goes on to talk about um, his father being the gardener. I am a lousy gardener. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a good plant in things. Some of them work. Some of them don't work. When it comes to that time of the year in the autumn, I think, right, pruning time. Do I know what to do? No, I just hack, 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 and hope for the best. Some of them grow back the next year. Some of them don't. Jesus is saying here that his father is the gardener now again there's something going on here he's talking about a form of judgment and it's only God our father who is the righteous judge so Israel they've been judged because they failed in God so he, he pruned them off he cut them off because they didn't fulfill what they should have done the important thing for us is this when it comes to judgment it's not our place to judge, is it? And that can be really hard in life when things go on around us. But I'm learning that it's God who's the judge, not me. So when I meet people and I talk to people, I have to be judge-less. I don't want to judge people because I don't know what's going on in their lives. It's only God, only God who can judge people. What does that look like for you? Let's move on. Verse 3 talks about, you are already clean. The great story, isn't there, in the beginning of this passage where Jesus washes their feet. And one of the disciples, Peter, who didn't quite get it until after Jesus' death, he says, no, 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 you can't wash my feet. And he says, no, I want to wash your feet. Well, if you're going to wash my feet, wash all of me then. (laughs) He says, no, you're already clean. And this is the point here, what Jesus is saying. You're You're clean. The disciples were put in their trust and their faith in Jesus. Then he goes on to the killer verse in verse 4. He says this, Remain in me and I will remain in you. It's a great verse. Remain in me. Now, I'm sure some of you have studied this more than I have to know what the Greek word is. There's there's the Greek spelling as well. Please check me up on that. But it's meno. I think it's pronounced meno. What does meno mean? It means to remain, to abide, to dwell, to lodge. From that we get the word lodger. Somebody who goes and stays in somebody's house. So Jesus is saying, I want you to remain in me, to abide in me to dwell with me, to lodge with me. That's what he's saying to his followers. Hang out with me, be with me. What a fabulous promise. A few weeks ago, I went out for a curry with my father-in-law and my brother-in-law. If I'm honest, it was a bit on the spicy side for me. (laughs) I'm a bit of a wuss when it comes to it. Are you, are you like me? Do you, would you go through the menu, have a good look at it, and always pick what you know? You just look at it, just in case. haven't got a clue what they mean. You know, haven't got a clue on the spiciness of it, but okay, I'll stick with what I know. But the thing about going into a, an Indian restaurant or a Chinese restaurant is you come out smelling of the Indian or Chinese restaurant, don't you? You come out because you've dwelt in there. It's like it gets into you, doesn't it? And you come out and you think, I smell like a Chinese restaurant now. I smell like an Indian restaurant. (laughs) What about hanging around people who who, um, uh, have a different accent? Do you find you start picking up their accent? You know, if you're hanging around the Americans, Linda, you end up talking a little bit like this. That's how you speak, Linda. That's how we hear you. You know, are you like that? You're one of those people that if you hang around certain kind of people, yeah, what do you, what do you, yeah, the Welsh? Oh, I was trying. I was going for it. Many years ago, when I used to do a lot of school assemblies, I had a few accents, but they all ended up being the same one. It was kind of a, an Indian Welshman. Because they, they, was, they just started off all the same way, and I was trying to just do a different kind of accent, and just ended up being like a country Welshman from India. <laughs> Terrible with accents. But sometimes, if you go into certain places, you just, if you hang around in there, you kind of end up smelling like it. Or if you've been around people with different accents, you can end up sounding like them. What Jesus is saying here is abide with me. Pick up my vibe. Hang out with me. Let it rub off onto you. Now, let's jump from that to this. Has anybody seen this picture before? Yes. Anna, that's why you're here. This is Anna. Are you, are you still living in Oxford? I am. yeah. Great, great to see you, Anna. Yeah. Has anybody seen this before, apart from me and Anna? Yeah. You've seen it. Does anybody know what it is? Trinity, Margaret, the Trinity. Yeah. You're right. Do you know? Do we know who painted it? Yeah. Thinking, Anna. Oh, you, you can't remember, can you? It, it's Rublev. Okay, so it's called the Trinity. It's by a 15th-century Russian artist called Andrei Rublev, and it's known as Rublev's icon. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Thank you. I need one more time. Okay, Rublev. See, I can't pick that accent up, can I? Okay, have a look at this picture here, this icon. It's based on the Trinity. It's actually based on the story of... Abraham, uh, when, he met, when he met with God. But look at the picture here. So you've got an image of the Father, image of the Son, and image of the Holy Spirit. There is details into who is who. It. Um, the middle one is supposed to be uh, Father because of the colour. They're not particularly clear on the screen. The one on the right, this should be a little bit more greener to rep- represent kind of uh, this is the Son. And this one is the Holy Spirit. And this garment, this Holy Spirit is supposed to be are a little bit more translucent. Um, if you look at it. I've got this post in my office. If you come see me, you can have a good look at it. Now, what I love about this is they're sitting at a table and they are celebrating communion. Can you see the bowl? That represents communion. Now, here's the thing. The table is open. They're not closed in. There's an opening. The whole point is that the viewer is invited to come and sit with them at the table. Can you see that? Can you see the opening. So the angle that we're looking at, so there's an invitation to come and sit with them, to come and hang out, to come and abide, to come and dwell with them. As we do that, we're changed. The Bible talks about us being changed from one degree of glory to another. And that happens when we hang out and we dwell and we abide with God. Another picture here. Now, this is a little cartoon of uh, is it Peter and John in the book of Acts when they heal the crippled man. Look at this verse that said, the Pharisees were looking on. It says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus what a great verse they've been hanging around with Jesus seeing what he does and now they're doing what he does and it's obvious to outsiders what great verse they they took note that doesn't mean you have to be qualified you don't have to have a, a degree in knowing God to know God All it needs is to hang out with Jesus and let him begin to affect and rub off. That's a great (laughs) word, isn't it? To rub off things on us. Right, let's just pause there because a few weeks ago, Terry said that this series is all about prayer. I mean, he's measurably bored. He had his L plate saying, I'm a learner. So this is is about prayer. So I want to ask a quick question here. How do you see prayer? What's your definition of prayer? What do you think about when you think of prayer? Do you see it as a, a bit of a, a checklist? Need to do this, need to do this, need to pray, need to do that, need to move on. Do you see it as a bit of a shopping list? I need to pray for this, I need to pray for that, I need to pray for that, I need to pray for that. Do you see it as a bit of a genie in a bottle? You know, Well, if I pray hard enough... And God's going to do this. If I rub the lamp, ta-da! Do you see prayer like that? Do you see prayer as, well, I'm not quite sure what's going to happen, but if I keep putting my, my money in, I'm going to get something back. I'm going to get hit the jackpot at some point. Or maybe you just think prayer's a little bit irrelevant. Of course, all, some of these aspects are, are all in there, but how we view it will affect what we do with it. Yeah? Here's the thing. Prayer, the foundation, is simply a relationship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Prayer is just hanging out with God. It's a conversation, it's abiding, it's dwelling, it's hanging out, it's being together. When we're there, God begins to do things in us. God begins to shape things in us. Here's the wonderful thing. We are all invited in. You and I, we are invited to mino, to remain, to abide, to dwell, and to lodge. As we do that as we saw with the illustration of the Indian restaurant, we start to be changed as we hang out with God. Fruit begins to come. There's a great verse in Galatians 5 which talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Now what are they? They're love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control how are you doing with those well, yeah let's be honest some are better than others aren't they but when i read that list i kind of think well yeah i like the sound of them but i don't know whether i've got them in my life have you got them in your life how do you get them in your life how does that fruit grow in us well, I often think about the Apostle Paul. If you've ever read Paul, you will see that he was a man who did some incredible things for God. And yet he suffered greatly for God, didn't he? He was beaten, flogged, pelted with stones. He was on the run. He was shipwrecked, and he was imprisoned. So he had a pretty tough life. And yet he was a man of joy, wasn't he? Yeah. He seemed to know the joy of the Lord. And in fact, a letter to the philippians was written from prison and there's 16 times he talks about the joy of the god, of the joy of the lord you know rejoicing in god and encouraging people to rejoice in god so how can a man who's been beaten and chased and whipped talk about the joy of god in his life it seems to not kind of compute in my mind unless he knew the secret of abiding of dwelling, of knowing what it is to have that relationship with God, that that was overriding in his life. And I want to suggest to you that that's what he knew. He knew how to dwell in God. So even when he was in a prison cell, and you can read in the book of Acts, it says he was worshiping God and he was praying because he knew wherever he was, God was with him. And so It affected his situation. It affected his outlook. It affected how he spoke and what he did because he knew the secret of abiding, of dwelling. And here's a man who is full of joy. Most of the references of joy are from Paul in the Bible. There he is. Now then, if you think about some of the... uh, Old Testament characters in the Bible. When they had an encounter with the living God, it was out of that that God started to speak to them. When they went into his presence, God began to speak. For us, as we take time with God, he starts to produce that fruit. And it comes, I think, when we are in situations where God then starts to bring about something within us. So might, we might be in a difficult situation, but if we start abiding in God, we look at it and think, okay, God, what do you want to show me here? What are you doing in me in this particular time? And we allow God to start doing things in us. When mighty people of God met with him, not only did they begin to sense God. Presence, but they, he would begin to speak to them as well. He would start revealing to them things he wanted them to do. You can think of Abraham or Jacob or Moses, Samuel, Mary. All these people had an encounter with the living God. He spoke and they started to listen. I love Moses, who basically said, No, I don't want to do it. But eventually he said, Okay into abiding dwelling with god god begins to speak and we begin to see what he wants to do his priorities his call his plan a few years ago well many years ago we had these uh, meetings here in this church called the, the river of god meetings they were quite wild and we would just worship and uh, let the Holy Spirit kind of do what he wants to do. And uh, a lady who some of you will know here called Camilla Douglas, she would always be just rolling around laughing on the floor. And I used to think, what is going on here? She's just giggling away, laughing away, laughing away. But you know what? As she was laughing, God was doing things within her and he was planting in her seeds of doing this thing called positive parenting. And uh, it's something that has gone national in in helping kids and uh, helping parents, you know, training kids. The point is that as she was in God's presence, God began to speak and she began to hear and see what God was wanting of her to do. And praise God, she said, yes, I'm going to do it. Just think what could happen if you and I spend time with God, what he might start whispering for you to do. You might not have even thought of it because it might be immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine. But when God begins to speak to us, it's like he's sowing he's, he's something of his kingdom, his ways, or a little task, or a little project or something. He says, I want you to go and do this. How about it? As we remain in God's presence, we can begin to hear and see what he's doing. For you, it might be something along um, of, of justice. You know, it might be the green issue. You know, how how do we care for for the planet? I don't know what it is because there isn't a one size fits all. But as we dwell, as as we wait in God's presence, it's saying, God, what do you want to say to me here? So the fruit begins to come, and God begins to speak. How we do that, I'll come on to in a minute. Let me just read a little bit more from John 15 verse 5 says I'm the vine you're the branches if you remain in me and I in you you will bear much fruit apart from me you can do nothing what he's saying is the fruit that God wants us to do that he's after in us we need to get from him his commissioning the things that he is after in our lives if you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire. In other words, it's, it's worthless. You know, If we're not doing what God wants in our lives, then it really doesn't mean much to him. So remain in me. Let my words remain in you. Then whatever you wish, it will be done for you. Wow. So when we're hanging out remaining abiding with God we begin to see and feel and pick up what he's like and so it's then it's easy to get his heart so that's why the lord's prayer says you know um let your kingdom come your will be done and we can then pray along the lines of what God wants because when we're hanging out with him we begin to get his perspective and often i found in my life God's perspective is rather different <laughs> to my own perspective and guess who's the one who needs the adjusting? We need to be adjusted to see and hear as God wants us to do. And then in verse 8, he says, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. God wants us to be fruitful for him. Uh, another place in the Bible talks about those good works. You know, We're saved by grace. Absolutely saved by grace. But when we're saved, it's like, so what are we going to do with our lives? What's the things that God wants us to do? As I said, there isn't a one-size-fits-all. There isn't a one vision that each one of us wants to do. Of course, there's the biblical vision of being disciples and telling other people, but specifically how it's outworked is going to be different for each one of us. What does that look like for you? Coming back to uh, our vineyard here. I love this picture here. Can you see that on this particular image there's a structure holding it up. Can you see the wood here? And then even though these um, wire going down. So there's some form of structure which helps uh, these grapes to be fruitful. So in all this, it can all sound a little bit kind of up there, yes we need to abide with God, but there needs to be a bit of structure to it, doesn't there? Now again, this isn't forcing anything on anybody. But it's simply saying, so what What can you do to give a bit of structure to help you abide and to remain? Um, in our small group in, in January, we were talking about Bible in a year, and a few people have decided to go for it this year. Um, and there's some great apps you can get on your phone, and you can listen to, uh, we, we were joking, you, know, you have Nikki Gumbel, and then David Suchet, you know, Poirot doing the readings, and then there's Pippa Ads that was that was the funny bit. have you heard the pippa ads bits a little bits on the end um, we, we <laughs> she just adds a little comment on the end about it oh well, there's the 24 7 the Pete greg um linea lectio divina thank you um there's some apps out there for you that it might be listening to worship music it might be going out for a walk it's very creative how we connect with god my encouragement is find your thing Find the thing that helps you to ab- abide. You know, I, I like to go running. Boy, am I slow. But I, for me, it's just, I just like to be out meditating on things, chewing things over. You know what? I think I'm connecting with God in that way. I'm not praying for a list of things. I'm just mulling on things. I'm just allowing God to speak to me. And I hear God's, re- often it's just reordering things. Well, that's important. I want you to do that. Hang on with that. You know, don't worry about that. What's your thing? that you can abide, you can remain, you can dwell, you can lodge. When you found it, build it into your rhythm. Build it in as a bit of a structure here, because structure helps us. You know, If it's all completely random, it probably won't happen. But if you have a bit of a rhythm, okay, so there's, of course there's grace, but build some kind of rhythm in to take time out to abide, to dwell, and to remain. This is my last slide. This is what I think God wants for us. He wants to do immeasurably more in us, with us, through us than we can ask or imagine. Are you willing for me to pray that prayer over us this morning? Risky prayer, isn't it? God loves us. He's a good God. Get that into your heads. He's a good God. He's so for us, it is unbelievable. You wouldn't believe how for you he is. So he's a God of love. And he longs to dwell with you. The invitation is there this morning. Will you come and abide? Will you come and remain? Will you come and dwell? Will you come and lodge with me? And in that, allow him to begin to speak to you. To whisper things into your life. To adjust some things that need adjusting. And for him to paint a picture of what he could do in you and through us. So let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word to us. Thank you for this uh, passage of the vine. Thank you that your invitation this morning is for us each one of us, to come and dwell with you, to remain in you, to abide in you, to lodge in, with you. May we be those who say yes to you. Lord, we dare to pray that you will do immeasurably more in us. We dare to pray you would do immeasurably more with us. We dare to pray you would do immeasurably more through us. We give ourselves to you, a God who is so incredible, who can take ordinary women and men and work through them. May we be those who hang out with you to allow you to rub off onto us so that when we go into our world, we take you. There's a fragrance there. We're seeing things as you see things. We're feeling things as you feel things. We're speaking your very words. We're being prompted by you to pray. And we're being ambassadors for you. So we can be like Peter and John, where people will say, what is it about these people? Maybe they've hung out with Jesus. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Fill us with your Holy Spirit today, we pray. Each one of us now, fill us with your Spirit. We just receive you. Lord, in this moment, just just wash away fears and doubts. Feelings of, I'm not worthy. Pick somebody else, Lord. You've made us unique. You've made us, us. You long to work with us. You long to be with us. Lord, help us to find those rhythms, those frameworks which just can help us um, to take time out to be with you. Yeah, we're busy people. But Lord, if that's important, then we'll make time for it. So give us your strategies, your ways. Lord, we just ask for your blessing as well. You bless us in so many ways. We thank you for that. But I think the blessing is so that we can also be a blessing to those around us. Let us be good news. Let us be a blessing this week in Jesus' name. Amen.